You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the PharmD Money Podcast, where certified financial planner Derek Delaney brings financial education and observation to help pharmacists navigate their most important financial questions. Welcome in PharmD Nation to episode number 44 of the PharmD Money Podcast. I am your host, Derek Delaney. Thank you all for joining me today. One of the biggest decisions pre-retirees have to make and one of the most important and impactful decisions they're going to have to make before they get to retirement has to do with what strategy they're going to implement when it comes time to taking withdrawals out of their retirement nest egg in order to pay themselves in retirement. So going back far enough, this was less of a concern for people who retired a decade ago or further because they had things like pensions where they weren't really tasked themselves on building a nest egg and then figuring out how to turn those assets of that nest egg into a reliable income stream that would allow them to pay themselves comfortably for the next 35 or 40 years of their life without running into too many problems. But now that is the normal situation a lot of pre-retirees find themselves in right now, which is why one of the biggest decisions they need to make and one of the most impactful decisions they will end up making before they get to retirement is determining which retirement distribution strategy or distribution or withdrawal option they want to use when it comes time to pay themselves from their nest egg in retirement. So in this podcast episode, we're going to talk about what I think are the four most common ways people end out turning their asset into an income stream. And when I say turning their assets into an income stream, I'm not talking about them taking their money and giving it in, giving it to an insurance company for some sort of annuity payment. That is an option, and sometimes an option like that is beneficial in certain circumstances, But for the sake of this podcast, we're just going to talk about options for now that people can do on their own because usually today there is some money left over in most circumstances that people have to figure out what they're going to do with and how they're going to turn that money into an income stream, whether they're using some sort of annuity option or not. So the most common, I think, option a lot of people have come to recognize and utilize when they want to do their own retirement planning and they want to figure out what retirement distribution option they should use is what they call the 4% rule. So the 4% rule has been around for a long time and basically the 4% rule was generally accepted as a safe withdrawal rate that you could take out every single year and have a very, very high probability that you will not have any financial troubles the next 20, 30, 40, 45 years of retirement. And the 4% rule is as how it sounds. It's basically you have your retirement portfolio in front of you, the total amount of that portfolio. So for simplicity's sake, let's just say that portfolio total is $1 million. The 4% rule states that you can take out 4% of that portfolio every single year to pay yourself in retirement, And if you stick to that 4% limit or maximum, even if you run into worst case situations in our economy, you can have a very high conviction of knowing that you won't run out of money or run into any sort of financial difficulties decades down the road. The problem with the 4% rule is it's actually ended out being far too conservative for a lot of people. 
We're starting at the 4% rule was created as a way to make sure that if you run into worst case scenarios early on in retirement, which worst case scenario could be a big bear market matched with high inflation, if you have that sort of situation happen to you, the 4% rule is going to get you through it. But any other better situation, which has been much more common in our economy over the last handful of decades, that 4% rule is going to be far too conservative and it's going to not allow you to be able to enjoy your money as much as you maybe have liked earlier on in retirement when you're younger and healthier and able to do that. So that moves us to the second approach, and that is the bucket approach when it comes to retirement distribution options. And basically, the bucket approach is somebody matching their retirement dollars to the specific year or time frame they know they're going to spend that money, and then creating an investment strategy for those dollars from a risk management standpoint that matches that specific time. For example, if you know you're going to need to spend $80,000 from your retirement portfolio in years one and two in retirement, you're going to take $80,000 out of your retirement portfolio and you're going to bucket that in a very, very conservative-like account. Whether that's a CD, checking savings account, or a very short duration bond fund that pays minimal interest. Because you know you're going to need to spend that money in the first 24 months. So you don't want to put that money at risk somewhere else where it could drop significantly in value right before you're about to pull it out and spend it. And then you'd look at the midterm of your retirement spending period, which could be years three through eight. And you figure out how much money you're going to need to have available to spend years three through eight. You discount that amount by what you think you can get from a rate of return standpoint over a medium-sized period of three to five to six to seven years. And you invest your money that way based off of that targeted rate of return. And then your longer term dollars, usually 10 years plus, you can invest that more aggressively in the market over the long term because history has shown us that the market over a long enough period of time will return 7, 8, 9, 10% annualized rates of return. And you can discount whatever money you have left in your overall portfolio to match those spending needs years 10 and on. So, bucketing your money into time periods that allow you to pull that money out safely and align those dollars with the risk you know you need to take in order to receive the targeted rate of return you want to get in those specific time periods. The third approach is a little more complex, and that is a guardrails approach. And basically, a guardrails approach says we don't need to be exact on how much money you can and can't spend in retirement in any given year. However, We need to make sure that you're not spending too little or you're not spending too much in any given year. And there's some variability between those two different guardrails. And that's exactly why they call it guardrails, because they want to make sure that you don't go to the high side or the downside and bump into or exceed any of those guardrail maximum and minimum amounts you're able to spend in a given year. So again, let's go back to our original example where we talked about somebody having a million dollars in their retirement portfolio. And let's just say that you set a guardrail of 6% and a guardrail of 4%. Meaning that if you start spending anywhere between 4 to 6% of your portfolio in year one, you're on track. But let's just say markets hit a big correction and we hit a bear market year two in retirement and your portfolio drops. And now what you're expected to take out in year two exceeds 6% of what the value of your portfolio is, you may have to adjust that spending a little bit to get it within or underneath that 6% guardrail. Well, what if the opposite happens? You start out with your million dollars, your 
You start out spending based off of that million dollars somewhere between 4% and 6% of the portfolio. And that first year retirement is a banner year in the markets. And all of a sudden now, what you expect to spend in retirement in year two is only 3% of your overall portfolio. Well, now you've bumped into that bottom guardrail that says, hey, maybe you should spend a little bit more. So you don't end out not spending enough over the course of your retirement where one, you can't enjoy it, or two, you end up with a mattress full of money at the end of your life, which for a lot of people, they really wouldn't like if they had better alternatives available to them. But that's straight line spending. That assumes that you're just going to follow that scenario throughout retirement when in reality, we know that spending in retirement varies depending on your age and circumstance. So using... What we know is a projected spending path in aligning that with what we expect inflation to be and where current rate interest rates are and what we expect near-term returns to be given any different asset class, we can upgrade that guardrails approach to hopefully provide us with a more accurate guardrails system. So instead of starting at a top guardrail of 6% and a bottom guardrail at 4%, We can expand those guardrails and hopefully allow you to spend even more money and adjust that accordingly based off of all those variables we talked about before every single year and run an analysis that shows us if we hit a thousand different rate of return scenarios over the next 30 years, 29 years, 28 years as you advance in retirement, here's the probability of success. And as long as we know that that probability of success stays within those two guardrail limits, we're good to go. So again, guardrail approach to retirement distribution spending is pretty scientific. There's a lot of math and calculation that goes in behind it, a lot of research that's been done to create the rules you need to follow. But it's a great way to easily be able to see if you're in line with what you're able to spend in any given year. And finally, the last approach, and it's an approach that hasn't been used often lately, because of how low interest rates have been and how low they remain right now today, and that is the interest approach. So basically for a lot of people, if they have their retirement portfolio, the last thing they want to do because they think it's what's appropriate for them is to touch the actual principle of their investments. They want to live off of the interest that gets earned on those investments so they know they never have to trust touch the principle. Because let's face it, if you never have to touch the principle of your retirement money, there is almost a 0% chance that you'll ever run into any sort of financial difficulty or running out of money at all ever in retirement. That just makes sense. But now that interest rates are so extremely low, it becomes very, very difficult for people to be able to create the type of interest they need to live off of in retirement. Where before a common strategy was, well, buy bonds and ladder them. So buy a one-year bond, buy a three-year bond, buy a five-year bond, and that way you know you have bond money coming due every single year in retirement that you can spend. And then you don't have to worry about the value of those bonds changing because you're collecting the yield to maturity on each of those bonds at those different yearly stages. But again, because interest rates are coming so low, you need to put a massive amount of your money in those bonds in order to generate probably enough interest every single year in order to pay yourself the amount of money you need to live the life you want in retirement. So people have migrated from bonds into dividend-paying stocks in mutual funds and ETFs, and that's great because those dividends over the last handful of years have been paying better than bonds, but now you're putting your money at risk of principal loss because they are in 
more riskier type of investments, which are those stocks. So there's the give and take there. So it's very tough to do from a retirement distribution standpoint when you think you want to pay yourself just the interest off of your retirement portfolio. In my opinion, doing that, you're being far too conservative. And I think you could be missing out on a lot of opportunity to spend more money, specifically earlier on in retirement, and enjoy those dollars you've worked so hard your entire life to accumulate. And to sum everything up, one of the the things I have come to see more often than anything else when it comes to working with pre-retirees and retirees is their number one fear is running out of money and becoming destitute later on in retirement. Their number two fear is not spending enough and enjoying their money while they can earlier on in retirement. And having a dialed in retirement distribution strategy will go a long way in helping ease those two concerns. In my opinion, the two options I like best are the bucket approach and the guardrails approach. I don't think the 4% rule makes a lot of sense in 2021 and 2022 and years moving forward. And I definitely don't think the interest approach makes a lot of sense right now, considering interest rates are at all-time lows. So if you're a do-it-yourselfer or you work with a financial professional, creating a plan before you get to retirement about how you're going to turn your assets into an income stream and settling on a specific retirement distribution strategy can go a long way in helping you maximize your retirement golden years, and the amount of income you're able to pay yourself throughout retirement, which goes a long way in maximizing the happiness and the general way you can enjoy retirement. If you're looking for more information about the podcast, myself, or FarmD Financial Planning, visit the firm's website at farmdfp.com. Also, feel free to check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, FarmD Financial Planning, for more great insight. Email podcast at farmdfp.com with questions topics, or ideas you'd like to hear more about. Finally, until next time, FarmD Nation, be well. The FarmD Money Podcast is not intended to be tax, legal, or investment advice. All opinions expressed on the show are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or investment advice.